All right, welcome to another edition episode of Heaven and Hell. The heaven is reading the Bible and being connected to the Bible, knowing what it says, remembering some verses, remembering the teachings of the Bible. The hell is not being able to recall all of what you remember from the Bible. It's... Uh, it's tough to read something and be like, that makes sense. That uh, that occurs in my life. And then when it comes time to talk to people about it, being able to recall what happened. Um, being able to recall and relate what's happening in life to what you read in the Bible. Uh, the gift of tongue. The gift of... Uh, being able to recite the word in which is what you read. And you know what you read at the time you read it, when you understand it, that it's right. And then when you go back to talk to people about it and, and try to use other language, you can't really do so. So you have to go back to straight scripture. And you can't really sum up everything that you have learned in the Bible, all 1,800 pages of it, uh, maybe more than that, and be able to basically put on display what you've learned from the Bible through you embodying what Christ wants you to be like as an ambassador of Christ, you can't really uh, sum up all of what you know about the Bible without learning to be godly. You know, people will mistake you if you are very religious and you uphold what is said in the Bible. They will hold you to a certain standard. And say, for instance, you're playing cards, example of real life scenario, you're playing cards and everybody starts drinking, smoking and doing that. And then you join in, you join in, you start smoking. They say, well, if the religious guy, if the guy who's all about God is doing it, then that means we can just let loose and have whatever type of fun we want to have. And if I'm doing it for a coping strategy to not smell the marijuana, because that is my weakness, and it hurts me, but I'm smoking my cigar to uh, combat the the other side. You know, I'm I'm kind of saying it's okay that you're a sinner. Because I'm a sinner too. But I'm trying to uphold godliness even though I'm sinning. I know I'll be forgiven, but I know I'm not going to reap the benefits of being righteous while I'm sinning. And I guess that where, that's where it comes into play. You know, I claim I had a not very fun night of playing cards. But perhaps it was because of my own 
display of sinful behavior of smoking a cigar. I mean, smoking is not really that big of a sin. Nowhere in the Bible does it say thou shalt not smoke. But still, it's polluting our temple. Some people get tattoos. That's putting imagery and idols and symbols of symbolism on your body, and that's, you know, desecration of the temple. Some people do drugs, and that's desecration of the temple, especially if it gets you in an altered state to where you are uh, more prone to speak in negative tongue or evil tongue. Drinking lets loose and becomes boastful and prideful is a sin as well. Lots of sins. Talked to the cigar guy one time, Sam. Sam, I am. I say, is smoking a cigar a sin? And he's like, heck, man, walking down the street is a sin. And I say to myself, no, walking down the street is not a sin. As long as you have a clean, healthy mind, you're not doing anything wrong. And if you believe so much is such a sin that you can't do anything without sinning, then you're not really believing the fact that Jesus was on earth as a human being, as a man, as the Son of God, and that he lived a sinless life. You know, you could claim, oh, he sinned when he went into the uh, temple, flipped over the tables, and uh, got angry at the temple for buying and sell, selling and trading, a den of thieves. You could claim that Jesus sinned when he put his hand on the fig tree and said that the fig tree would not grow or produce any more fruit. These are things done out of frustration, but they are not sins. If Jesus had unmarried and unprotected sex, well, unprotected, but unmarried, non-marital sex with Mary Magdalene because she's a, she was a prostitute, that would have been a sin. He had to reframe from all sorts of sexual immorality, from all sorts of every sin, from everywhere. And I'm not perfect. I sin. I, I, I've done stuff. I've not lived a perfect sin-free life. There's people that try to, and those people who, are, who embody Christ and are ambassadors of Christ and try to live a righteous life. But if you're supposed to be setting an example for people to follow, and they can't follow it because the example that is set is something that is righteous man still sinning. Okay. So that's not right to, to sin and to try to lead. You know, he wants us to fully devote ourselves to embodying Christ, not just partially, which I'm going to have to get better at as time rolls on. Um, I, I just, you know, gambling in general, you play as a bat, you play as a... Uh, 
a wager, that's not really necessarily a cent either. I mean, it is kind of a cent. You're betting for gambling money, but if you do it out of just for fun and you don't care about the money, then it could be seen as something clean. I'm just talking about poker night last night because we had poker night. My sisters, my two sisters, and both their boyfriends were up there in Mount Morris. Uh, my dad and my brother. So that makes a total of seven people, including myself. And we had a good time for the most part. But then I felt like they were ganging up on me. I felt like kind of, you know, put aside and not really valued time spent with me. I don't know if it was that I overstayed my presence, overstated my presence, as in like I had to be in control and dominate or something, something along those lines. You know, everybody's got this theory of evolution of wanting to be the the king of the castle, so-called king of the castle. And, you know, they say, why do you say that? Why do you always go to that? And because it's like, because it's true. If 90% of everything I hear from everybody is a lie, and they just want to cover up their lies and their filthiness, it's frustrating. They want to cover up their lies. They want to cover up their filthiness. I do the same thing. You know, people try to be good, but then they can't because they see somebody else doing wrong, and then somebody else does wrong, and then before you know it, everybody's just having a grand old time being a big sin fest. Makes me, it makes me disappointed. I go to bed, I got to read my Bible, I got to read Timothy part two, chapters one through four, and it reinforces my, reinforces my preconceived thought about what I was experiencing while I was experiencing it at the poker table. And I'll read to you what what I believe it was that was said. First off, verse of the day, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, which I do. So we'll go back a page. And we'll, do, and we'll talk about what I've been talking about from Timothy 2. You then, my son, be strong in grace, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses. Entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering. I suffered. Like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. That I am. I got a job at the Salvation Army. I'm a good soldier now. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. I overstayed my welcome in the poker game. I didn't want to, not my welcome, but my enjoyment of it. I didn't want to get involved in any more civilian disputes amongst people of, of the group that was playing cards. 
but rather tries us to please the commanding officers. So I go upstairs, I call it a day, and I start reading the Bible, trying to learn more to be like God. Similarly, anyone who completes, competes as an athlete does not receive a victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Follow the rules. You break the rules, you're cheating. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may too that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with the eternal glory. So what I endure, I endure it so that they may so that they may come to find out that what they're doing is right or wrong and finding out what they can do to please the Lord Christ Jesus. He is trustworthy saying, if we die to him, we will also live in him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Basically saying uh, some of the constraints and requirements that it causes to have a relationship with Christ. Keeping, remi keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. If it is of no value, it only ruins those who listen. That's key because I don't know the right words to use other than Scripture itself to combat strong enemies that oppose what I believe and what I'm saying about my experience about last night at the poker game. So let's say, keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value, competition of who has better words to use. It only ruins those who listen. Do your best to prevent your, present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So just try to be approved from God's standards. Try to be approved on what he expects out of you. This is what I believe is taking place. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Basically saying it's the absence of the present of mind about God. If you get into a video game and you're 100% thinking about the video game that you're playing and not any of it has to deal with you know, am I being a poor sport? Would God think I'm a poor sport if I did this? That is at least keeping God in the conversation that you're having with the video game and yourself. 
if you're playing poker and you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to really mess this person up, and you're not thinking, God, what would God want me to do? Basically saying, before you do anything, you ask yourself, what would Jesus do? People don't like me because I get preachy and they want to compete or challenge the Bible because they're self-righteous and they want to have this opposition towards the crown as if they are God or they are better or as if they are the one or if they are chosen. I believed I was chosen the one and more powerful and better than Jesus as well. But I think I've since learned that I am not. I am an ambassador of Christ. I work on behalf of Christ himself who works on earth Christ works through me on while I'm on earth. That, that's simply to be said. So in everything that I do, I, I think of what would God want me to be doing. So when it says avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more ungodly, it means if they don't believe or they're not conscious of God's awareness, of your awareness of God, then you, you don't necessarily have uh, something peaceful. We'll be right back after this little break in action. Sorry about that little break in action. I had a phone call I had to attend to. But that's okay. Um, so like, say for instance, the Super Bowl. You know, if you listen to this before the Super Bowl or after the Super Bowl, you know that people that participate in the Super Bowl have to give credit to God. I don't think there's any way, unless Tom Brady was just meant to be like superpowered by Satan to receive all the power that he has gained from, from the championships he has won in football to be at the point where he's at. I think that God had to allow some of that to happen because there, we know that even though Satan is in control of the earth or the world, it's worldly things. God either allows something to happen or he does not allow something to happen. He could intervene at any time and stop the devil in his tracks. But he uses the devil to put us to the test and teach us about good and evil. We want him to be like God's ourself. And in the end, after everything is said and done, we are going to be like God's ourself. Kings, not God's, but, you know, we'll be, we'll be considered kings and queens or brothers and sisters, but we will not be the king of kings who is Jesus Christ. So essentially, he's using the devil to teach us right and wrong. And the devil thinks that he can win this game by overpowering us and getting humanity to cease to exist from corrupting as many people as possible and sending them to hell and creating a big war battlefield on earth amongst Christians and non-Christians and people who embody Christ and the antichrists that arise at the end times. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Himalayas and Phylus, who have departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place, and destroy the faith of some, saying as if we are already in the kingdom of heaven. We are already in the thousand years of peace. We are already here, and it has taken place. 
If you're not experiencing it, then you're what's wrong with Christianity. You're what's wrong with the world. Making the Christians out to be the people that are left out of the kingdom, while the people who are supposed to be left out of the kingdom are reaping all the benefits of enjoying the kingdom, if that makes sense. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with inscription. The Lord knows who those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. So are you afraid to say the name Jesus Christ? I'm not. And Jesus Christ is my Savior. Do you stand back and repent and resist the devil, that Satan, that evil serpent snake dragon that has been in existence since he has rebelled against God Almighty and has been cast out of heaven only to create evil in the world? The term evil comes from the word and name Eve, I believe. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but of but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves the later will be instruments for special purposes, made wholly useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. Flee from evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolishness and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. I'm kind of resentful. I'm trying to teach, but I'm a little bit, I, I was this morning resentful of the actions that took place at the poker game. So I'm, maybe I'm not knowing the word resentful. Resent. What does resent mean? To, to not like what they have done. To not approve of what they have done. To not like what they have done. If I was resentful, I would not be happy with going all in on the poker hand and losing because I would want to have the money. But it didn't bother me because I didn't care about the money at the time. But I was a little resentful of my actions because I don't believe that they were perfect through Christ. So this is Timothy, 2 Timothy, chapter 1 and 2 is what I've been reading. And it just gives you insight into a little bit of what I was experiencing last night and was approximately the same spot in the, the book that I, I'm currently on, which is the New Testament. And it's allowed me to move from spot to spot to spot. So, you know, the Bible really has an answer for everything. And sometimes it's so precise about what you're experiencing in life and what you read in the Bible. If you're somewhere far out there in life and you're experiencing something you don't normally experience ever, 
You can tune into the Bible and it will lead you to the right verse for the right time, either right away after you read a little bit, depending on how God wants to do his work through you. So this has been heaven and hell. I enjoyed spending time with my family, and at first I had cared for all of them and God was present. But then as the night went on, it got to be more and more citizen talk, more and more uh, you know, use of words and language, and more and more power transfers and... Uh, not really conscious of what God would want us to do in all situations. And that's why people don't like God, God, God like people, or they don't like Christians, because they 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 just want you to just enjoy life. Just enjoy it without with without the constraints of having to fear God. And it's like, no. I'm not going to do that. I'm always going to fear God because I've seen what he does has done to me. He has put me at rock bottom before, and he has also given me an amazing gift. So why would I choose to rebel against the person who has given me a great gift, has shown his power against me, and is now 100% or a lot for me? He has given me more than he has condemned me, you know, but he is a God of, of uh, rebirth and of correction and of teaching people how to be righteous. And that's what I am trying to do to you, the, the audience, the listener. So we're just going to call this one Poker Game. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Joe Wilmont for Heaven and Hell. We'll catch you next time on JCHW Radio.